Hi, I'm Dr. Steve Vargo, your host for the IDOC Focal Point podcast. And I have the privilege today of talking with New York Times bestselling author, Brian Moran. Brian is the author of the 12-week year, Get More Done in 12 Weeks Than Others Do in 12 Months. And Brian is also a highly sought-after international speaker and a recognized expert on the field of leadership and execution. So uh, welcome, Brian. Yeah, great to be here. So I'm not just saying this because you're, uh, you're right there, but and I will tell you that, that your book was one of, um, one of my favorite reads over the last couple of years. And one of the reasons was because it confirmed some things that I had felt for a while. Uh, we work with a lot of practice owners, business owners, and what I've come to realize is a lot of them have goals for growing the practice but execution is where things tend to fall through the cracks. And um, one particular example would be set a, setting bonus plans for staff. There tends to be a ton of effort that goes into defining the plan, right? We dangle this carrot there. Uh, if we hit the goal, then everyone gets a reward. But very little effort tends to be put into what people need to actually do to reach the goals. And they think maybe it's a bad plan, but a lot of times it becomes an execution problem. So I'm curious from your perspective, what were the problems that, that you became aware of with productivity and goal setting that led you to create the 12-week the year? It's interesting you mentioned incentive systems because most incentive systems pay for performance that you could otherwise get through better management and leadership. Um, <clears throat> but the, the thing that really led us, uh, and I say us, Michael and myself, to really focus on the execution, as we were working with leaders and top producers. And, um, you know, one of the things we noticed is they were constantly searching out new ideas and in a sense, you know, building more potential when they hadn't actualized the potential they already had. Right. In other words, they, they were learning new stuff when they hadn't even put into practice what they already knew. And, and so we realized pretty early on that the, the big breakdown, the, the barrier, if you will, for them, really achieving more was not that there was, wasn't something they didn't know, or there was some trick out there that they hadn't heard of yet. It was really about just getting them to implement what they already knew. You know, if people just did more consistently what they already know, they'd be healthier, they'd be happier, they'd make more money. So that was, that was the big insight for us and um, caused us to really position our, our whole consulting practice around that. How do we help our clients achieve more and less time through more effective execution. Now, in spite of the title of the book, your, your approach actually does start with a long-term vision, which makes sense to create this compelling vision of the future. But the magic um, seems to be in the short-term goals that align to that long-term vision. So can you take us through sort of a summary or, or maybe take us through the process of, of designing and executing the 12-week year? Yeah, the, the first thing is, you know, the 12-week year is a concept getting outside of the annual environment because as we were working with clients, we realized that uh, annual goals had benefits, but there were also barriers in them. And, and even if you broke them down quarterly and monthly, like most people do, even weekly, you know, there was still this notion that you could, if you didn't have a good month or didn't have a good quarter, it was okay because as long as you hit the annual number, you were fine. Um, and so what, what happened was we looked at that and we said, you know what, that's causing people to put things off and to procrastinate more than they, than they could. And, and 
Uh, and they might even hit the goal, but the, the, the problem is for people, they're unaware of the fact that they left all this capacity on the table, right? You can't go back and make up what you didn't do last week or last month or two months ago. And that's the difference between what people are capable of and where they're currently performing. So the first thing is really getting out of that annual environment. And so as you think about a 12-week year, we, we treat that as a year where there's a hard line in the sand, where we measure success or failure, where we celebrate our progress, our successes, where we take time off, where we look back, where we reload, where we go at it again. And, and there aren't four of those in the year. That's back to annualized thinking. It's just this 12 year followed by the next. Um, and then within that, there's a set of disciplines that really drive high performance that we bundled with it. And you mentioned the first one, which is vision. And that's critical because you need to know what you, what you want and it needs to be compelling, right? There needs to be some emotional connection to that so that uh, there's a reason why I'm going out and doing things I haven't done before and, and I'm executing at a higher level and it's to live the life I want to live. And, and that's why that discipline is the first one and probably I would argue is the cornerstone, yet most people kind of blow by it. They think a vision is fluff or, or nice to have and, and partly because you know, they probably haven't executed well. Most people don't execute well. So, so the vision is just kind of another one of those things, just like the plan, right? We plan because we're told to plan. And, but when plans are conceptual and they're, they're annualized, they're not very effective. Um, when you start to plan on a 12-year basis and you plan tactically, so, so the plan is structured to really enable effective execution, it, it's a game changer. I love that term emotional connection. I think that's so important. And, and one of the things that really drives people to actually execute and, and sustains that drive. So we're talking about things from the perspective of the maybe the business owner or the leader and their vision, their emotional connection to something. But as, as you know, very well, as, as I know, um, what leaders are paid to execute, getting their team to buy in can be the challenge. It's hard to get other people to change. And a lot of times when we're trying to drive these you know, productivity or more uh, enhanced results, we, we are looking for change from people. So from what you've seen, how do you get staff to buy in, especially when this involves change? From a leadership standpoint, how do you ensure alignment and accountability from the people on your team? Yeah, good question. A couple of things. One is when we, we do vision work, we don't start with the organization. So we wouldn't, uh, you know, if we were working with you and your clients, we wouldn't start with what do we want, um, you know, the, uh, the organization to do. We start with each individual. What do you want personally? Yeah, all the way down to the part-timers. Because that's the, that's the way you connect the dots to them performing in their role and leading the life they want to live. And that's the missing link in most organizations, big and small, is, is – you know, your top, your top performers automatically connect those dots. The vast majority of folks don't. So you need to do that work. And then it translates to the plan, right? I mentioned that most plans are conceptual. People will not take ownership, will not take responsibility and accountability for something that's vague or fuzzy. And conceptual plans are just that. And that's the way most people plan. So with the 12-week year, we get tactical and we can do that because we're not we're not trying to plan for 12 months we're planning for 12 weeks and so you can get real detailed and granular in terms of the activities so that um, each person on the team knows behaviorally what's expected for the next 12 weeks what are we asking them to do day in day out week in and week out over the next 12 weeks 
uh, with, with great clarity and granularity. So there's no gray area. And if people have an opportunity to participate in setting the goals and creating the plan, you automatically have more buy-in. So, you know, we wouldn't have a leader just create the plan and then try and sell it to the team. We'd have them take a day off site, uh, set the goals, build the plan together as a team. So, so that everyone feels like they had some input, they've had some discussion, there's been some banter back and forth, and you automatically come out of that with much greater buy-in than you would otherwise. And so, you know, if we do the vision work and then they participate in the planning goal setting process, there's a much higher level of buy-in right out of the gate than you would if not. Yeah, I, that's something I really have tried to impress upon the, the doctors that we work with is taking more of that team-oriented approach because I've, I've seen, I've experienced it and I've seen it um, with other people in leadership positions, how much pushback you can get when you feel like their job is being dictated to them. And it, for some, it just doesn't come natural. I'm the boss. Here's what you need to do. I pay your check. Here's what you're going to do to keep getting a paycheck. And that, I, I've just seen so much pushback on that. And it's really challenging because people won't always tell their boss, I'm not going to do it because they don't want to lose their job. But you start to see these more subtle signs of pushback. And eventually what you end up with is someone in a leadership position saying, uh, well, we tried it, but it didn't work. Everything kind of went back to the old way of doing it. So it, it, it completely um, aligned with that more team-oriented approach. Um, you mentioned leading a better life when you were talking before. So this is something I, this approach is something that I actually adopted a while back just because I found it worked better in my own life, whether it was pursuing career goals, fitness goals, that I struggled to have that annual vision and, and stay with it. So I, I would take that longer term vision. Where do I want to get to, but then break it into you know, before I even read the book, quarterly goals or 12-week goals, and it just worked better for me. Do you see this working well in, or a lot of people applying it to their personal lives as well? Because the, the book focuses mostly on goal setting in business, but how can this be applied to people's personal lives and aspirations as well? Yeah, Steve, I think the vast majority of our clients use it both in their business and personally. Um, I know I do. And, and in some areas in your personal life, it almost works better. Um, for example, uh, fitness, right? If I want to be fit, I want to be healthy. I don't need to get a bunch of buy-in from everybody else. That's more in my direct control versus, versus getting a tire organization to buy into where we want to go and execute the plan and things like that. So, so it almost, sometimes you'll see it come online quicker uh, in the personal areas than you will um, in your business or in your group. Brian, where would someone stumble? You've obviously worked with a lot of clients. Um, no plan is, is foolproof. I think you've got a very great system. But when you see an office or I'm, I'm a, a, a client uh, that, or an organization that stumbles with this, where do you see that and how would you avoid that? Is it, is it an issue with poor communication? Is it poor tracking of data? What are the areas that maybe somebody could get in front of and address before it did become a problem and doesn't become that, that goal where people say, well, we tried it. We, we tried the system and, and people just didn't, it just didn't work. Yeah. Great question. The first, the first area is really the leader needs to be bought in as a practitioner, as well as a coach, right? If, 
if you're um, if you think this is one of those things that we're just going to have the people do it, it's not going to work. You need to role model it. You need to you need to be a practitioner of it. You need to be bought in that this is the way we're going to operate because it's a different way to operate. And and there's a lot of discomfort created with the 12 week year because there's nowhere to hide. And and so what happens in that environment is the 12 week year gets blamed for that discomfort, but the discomfort is coming from the pain of change. We're asking people to behave differently. The, the, the thing about the 12-week year, though, is it shines a light on whether or not they're doing it. So the, the number one reason people stumble, I think, is that they're, they're just not willing to do what we call the heavy lifting, right? We've determined in the plan there's a set of actions to get these results. There are actions we haven't done before. They're uncomfortable. And um, you kind of touched on it earlier. So we don't, we don't do them, and then we go back to the way we always operate I mean, we are, we're wired for comfort. That's the enemy. All of us are wired for comfort. We seek that. We seek what's familiar. And so that's why individuals and organizations continue to do what they've done. And if they don't change at some point, you know, they end up going out of business or, or they end up going from being really great to being mediocre. And, and so, you know, the stumbling block is really about staying with it and helping your people take the action um, to the point where, they start to build some competence with it and they build some confidence with it. Um, and, and then recognizing that, look, if we're, if we're going to continue to grow as an organization, there's always going to be some discomfort in that because we're going to be taking on new challenges and new actions. Um, and so that mindset around that is really critical. Yeah. That, that term discomfort used about three times. It's so for me, the two key areas for the book that really, resonated with me was urgency and execution. And I'm curious if, if what, what your take on that is, but urgency, it really plays into that, that discomfort aspect. When people, when people are comfortable, and we deal with this a lot in, in the optometry field, when a patient comes in and we're, maybe the doctor is talking about different treatment options, different sort of glasses, contact lenses, that if people are comfortable not making a change, that it becomes difficult for them to change. So I think one great aspect to the 12 week uh, year is that it is, it does instill some urgency into the program. Things are now 12 weeks. It's not a year. You can't put this off till March or August. We've, we've got to deal with it now. Uh, there's that urgency component, but also just the doing the getting past just designing a goal or designing, you know, that, that focus on the result without really, putting enough thought into execution and what are we going to actually do and what are the people on our team going to do to get to that point? So am I missing anything there? And that's what I see as, as, as the key benefits of a, a shorter term approach to goal setting versus the more traditional annual approach. Um, what would you add to that? Yeah. So I think you're right on, right? The, the 12 week year, if you did nothing but set 12 week goals versus annual goals, there's a huge benefit to that. As long as you take them seriously. But you've got to get out of this mindset that we can catch up because, again, you might hit the number, but you can't go recap, recapture capacity you left on the table prior. And so the, the, the nature of just treating the 12 weeks as the year and setting goals that way ha can have a profound effect. When we take it the next step, though, and you have the team participate in the plan and you come up with a tactical plan and people are very clear and there's, there's clear visibility on what's expected and transparency on whether or not they're doing it, and evidence on whether or not it's working. Um, those are three structures that are fundamental to a high-performing culture. Whether, whether you value 
customer innovation, customer service, um, collaboration, whatever it is, you need clarity of expectation, you need transparency with regard to execution, and you need evidence. And so the 12-week year brings all of those into play. And it's really powerful. I mean, I think of an orthodontist we work with, which would be similar to your optometrist, right? He had two offices, had a really nice practice, had a team. Um, but they just, you know, they weren't, they weren't achieving what they were capable of. And um, we literally helped them double their, their revenue in, um, in six months using the 12-week year. And there was nothing magical in it, Steve. It was really about bringing the team together and, and getting, getting very clear on what we needed to do from a behavioral standpoint. Otherwise, what happens is um, we just continue to do what we've done and we work day to day and the strategic gets pushed off. Right. It's always like, well, if it's time for that, we'll get to it. And there's never time for it. You've got to you've got to understand what matters most and then start with that and let the rest of the day fill in around it. And, and that's the fundamental difference with the 12 week years. That's the stuff we start with. That's the focus. That's how you win the week. And um, and when you set up the game that way, it's just different and it's so much more effective. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a great place to end, Brian. I, once again, Brian Moran, author of The 12-Week Year. Um, Brian, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Where can our listeners find out more about you and buy your book? Yeah, you can get the book anywhere online at bookstores, that kind of thing. Um, 12weekyear.com, 12weekyear.com. You can find us. Um, we have everything from online programs to one-on-one performance coaching. And so if we can be of help in any way, I'd love to, love to do that. Perfect. Well, thank you, Brian. I'll let you go so we can all go crumble up our annual goals and, and get started on our own 12-week year. So um, thanks again. Thanks so much um, for, uh, uh, for joining us today. And thanks to everyone for listening to another edition of the IDOC Focal Point Podcast.